you would take your Bibles and uh, if you do follow along and, and take notes, uh, take your study sheet, uh, you especially will want <clears throat> to look on uh, to the study sheet toward the end of the message as we're going to look at this chart um, there. Our vision statement as a church is transformed lives, fully devoted followers of Christ. And you'll notice that it says fully devoted followers of Christ, not partial, partially devoted followers of Christ. I hope you're not satisfied with that. Um, not sometimes devoted followers of Christ. Hope you're not satisfied with that. Not uh, reluctant followers of Christ. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to be a devoted follower of Christ, but not really something I'm interested in. I hope you're not satisfied with that. Um, our desire is that as a church and as individuals, we will be moving toward becoming fully devoted followers of Christ. And <clears throat> if that's happening and if that's our desire, and we're moving toward that, there's something different in our culture than there used to be. It's seen as a negative thing if you are a person who desires to be a fully devoted follower of Christ. It's kind of looked down on. You, you can be fully devoted to anything else. You can be fully devoted to anyone else. But there's something today about this idea of being fully devoted as a follower of Jesus Christ. And so it, it's not an easy thing to desire <clears throat> and move toward uh, in our day. But it's something that we need to be moving toward because it's God's plan for us. You see, the more fully devoted we are to Jesus, it seems the more we find ourselves becoming like him. I want you to think about that in your own life. You may have experienced that, that the more devoted you become to Jesus the more you find yourself becoming like him. And that's what God wants. If you would take your Bible and turn to Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> Romans chapter 8. Notice verse 29. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his Son. That's God's plan. That's his plan for those who love him and that he's called to himself, to his salvation, to his family. Uh, his plan is that we become conformed to the likeness of his Son, Christ's likeness. And as you read other scriptures... It becomes very clear 
<clears throat> that we are to be moving that direction. Um, the Apostle John said in 1 John chapter 2 that anyone who claims to belong to Christ should walk as he walked, should live as he lived, should be like him. Uh, the Bible says in, in 1 John 3 that one day Jesus will appear and we'll see him as he is and we will be like him. It will be the completion of God's plan for his people, that they be like Jesus. But for now, his plan is that we are becoming more and more like Jesus. And in order for that to happen, like I said, we need to be growing in our devotion to Christ. And so that's our vision as a church, and we're talking about that these weeks, that we want to be growing, moving toward our lives being changed and us growing to be more and more devoted to Christ, which then will help us be more and more like him. So I want to talk a little bit about that today, and uh, especially the question, how, how will we know, how can we know if we are becoming more and more like Jesus or not? And I think one of the answers is to look at our relationships with each other. Last week we talked about our relationship with God, our relationship with his word. Today I want you to think for a little while about your relationship with other believers, with others in the body of Christ. Turn with me to Romans 12, if you're still open to that uh, book. Romans chapter 12. Verse 4. Just as each of us has one body with many members, our physical body, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we who are many form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. Every follower of Christ belongs to the other followers of Christ. We we are in the same family. We, We are brothers and sisters. We have the one same Father, God. We've experienced the same salvation. We're brothers and sisters. And Paul says, because of that, we belong to each other. So just, just take a look around you. I mean, look around you right now. You're even allowed to look behind you. But look at these people. Everyone here today who is a follower of Christ, you belong to that person. That person belongs to you. You're part of a whole. You're, you're part of the family of God. You belong to each other. The idea of that means interdependent. You see, we, we live in a, in a world where it's all about independence. But in the body of Christ, it's interdependence. We, we belong to each other. And so our relationships with each other are really important. If... If you and I want to know how we're doing, 
in this growth toward being more like Jesus, this growth toward being more devoted to Jesus. Just take a look at your relationships with other people who belong to Jesus. Our relationships with each other are a great measurement of how we're doing in becoming like Jesus. Because in those relationships, <laughs> you, you will either see Christ-likeness or you will see the lack of Christ-likeness. Most of us have either been involved in or know of churches where there has been conflict and even division. And the fact is that most churches that divide, most churches where there's severe conflict, the conflict and the division usually isn't over doctrine and what you believe. Most church division, most church conflict is relational. It's God's people not getting along. It's God's people not relating to one another in a Christ-like way. And so I think it's a, a very fair thing to say that if you want to know how you're doing in becoming like Jesus and more devoted to him, examine your relationships with each other in the body of Christ. Turn with me to John, chapter 13. John 13. Jesus is speaking in the upper room the night that he was arrested. And in verse 34, he says to his followers, A new command I give to you, love one another. As I have loved you, So you must love one another. That's pretty clear, isn't it? We're we're to love one another. And what's our standard? As Jesus loves us. That's Christ-likeness. He's talking about a Christ-like love for each other among Christians. And then he goes on in verse 35, if you notice. He says, this is a way that the world will know you belong to me. When they observe your love for each other, they will identify you with me, Jesus says, and know that you're my disciple. So our relationship with each other as Christians is really important, according to Jesus. We love each other. Um, and there are no excuses, friends. There are no excuses. It's very clear in Scripture, God's plan is that we become like Jesus. It's very clear in Scripture that we are commanded to love each other. It's very clear how we are to relate to each other as Christians in a Christ-like manner. So, no excuses. There are no unique cases you know, to say, well, yeah, we're supposed to love each other, but 
my case is unique. Or the group of people, Christians, that I hang out with, they're kind of different from other people who are Christians. I find it hard to love them. And we come up with this excuse that we're in some kind of unique situation. That's why we're not relating in a Christ-like way. No cutting corners. Uh, let me uh, let me tell you about something that's in the news right now. You probably didn't read it because you didn't go inside the newspaper to read this. Recently, two men robbed a Kohl's department store in Colorado. According to Colorado law, if the value of what is stolen is under two thousand dollars. It's a misdemeanor. And the sentence would be restitution, community service, and probation. But if the value of what is stolen is over $2,000, it's considered a felony with a sentence of 18 months in prison. Well, these two men who robbed the coal store were charged with a felony. But... Their lawyer argued that their charge should be dropped down to a misdemeanor. You know why? Because the items stolen were on sale. (laughs) And if you add up the sale price of what was stolen, it was under $2,000. You know... No matter where you go, people try to talk their way out of things. People try to justify. People try to think their case is unique. They have some excuse, right? And we're no different as Christians. We know that we're supposed to be like Jesus. We know that we are to be growing in our devotion to him, thus in our Christ-likeness. And we know that we're supposed to relate to each other in the body of Christ, in that Christ-like way. But we come up with excuses. We come up with justifications for why we don't. There are no excuses. God is clear, right? He's clear. We are to be like Jesus, and we are to practice Christ-likeness in our relationships with each other. So we look at those relationships to determine if we're growing in Christ-likeness or not. So on your sheet, there is a a question there. It says, is there evidence of transformation, which is change, growth, in your relationship with God's people? I mean, just think about, let's do some inventory, okay? Just think about your relationship with other Christians. Think about your relationship with people sitting in this place this morning and other Christians you know. Is there evidence in those relationships that you are growing in Christ-likeness? That in your life, you're moving toward a more fully devoted relationship with Jesus, which in turn is helping you grow in Christ-likeness. 
is there evidence? Or is there evidence of a lack of Christ-likeness in some of your relationships? And of course, then there are those Christians who say, well, I'm hardly ever around Christians, so I don't know how my relationships are going with other Christians. Anybody who says that has a problem. Do not neglect the assembling of yourselves together. If, if, if you aren't around Christians, if you don't have relationships with fellow believers, there's something wrong in another area of your Christian life. We need to be around each other and be building relationships. It's necessary for us as Christians. And so the question is, do you find evidence in your relationship with other believers that you are growing in Christ-likeness? The next statement says, Christ-likeness, or the lack of it, will be revealed in those relationships. I was, uh, I was doing something else this week for a different uh, thing, and I, I came across this paragraph in a book called Love Covers. And it's written by Paul Bilheimer, and the whole book is about missions, Carol, Jeff, you might want to read this book. It's called Love Covers by Paul Bilheimer. And uh, what he said about missions here was so good and so uh, fitting for uh, this little message today. I want to read it, but I took the liberty to change some wordings because wherever he referred to a mission team or missionaries, I changed the wording to apply to a church um, just in their community, not only to mission teams or missionaries out in another part of the world. But he is really strong here. I want you to hear what he says. He says, perhaps the most atrocious damage of disunity is displayed in the public arena of our communities. When the people of God all claiming to represent Jesus and the gospel, manifest antagonisms and hostility to one another. Satan alone is the winner. When inquirers and newly converted believers discover that professed followers of Jesus are fragmented, envious, and even belligerent in spirit, they are often totally devastated. To see the body of Christ divided by greed and jealousy is to them incomprehensible, inexplicable, and even unspeakable. It leaves the new believer and potential believer totally confused. Perhaps nothing brings greater grief to the heart of the master than the disgrace of disunity among his people. Wow. What this guy was saying is when when Christians go on the mission field or when uh, a group of Christians go on a short-term missions trip or whatever, their relationships with each other are crucial. As unbelievers or new believers watch them, our relationships with each other are so important. They need to be Christ-like. And they have a way of helping us to see how we're doing 
in our growth as followers of Christ? Are we growing in Christ-likeness? Ephesians chapter 4, if you would take a look at that. And then we're going to take inventory this morning. Or at least I'm going to get you started in taking inventory. Ephesians chapter 4. Right at the beginning of the chapter, Paul makes some very important statements. Ephesians 4.1. As a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Why? Read on. There's one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all. Again, as believers, you all share those things in common. Make every effort to maintain unity in your relationships. And then later in the chapter, starting in verse 22 and on to the end, he talks about relational things between Christians. Be honest with each other. He talks about getting rid of anger toward each other. He talks about not stealing from each other, but instead working so you can give to each other and help meet each other's needs. He talks about getting rid of your unwholesome talk and to develop a speech that builds up other Christians instead. He talks about getting rid of anger and and hatred and bitterness and all those things and in their place putting on forgiveness and kindness and compassion. The whole chapter is about how to carry on relationships as believers in unity because that's where you practice your Christ likeness that's where you find out how you're doing and becoming more and more like Jesus on the bottom of your sheet uh, very familiar to most of you they're called the one another principles over 30 teachings in the New Testament about relationships and about how you love each other in a Christ-like way, you know, in the body of Christ. And as a church, which wasn't real large, we fit around the Sutton's table. Um, one, one day in 1980, we made a commitment as a little core group of this church that we would be one another people, that we would be committed to following these teachings in our relationships with each other. And so that's what this is, and you've seen it a lot. I want to encourage you, because our relationships with each other as Christians is such a great measurement 
of how we're doing in growing into Christ's likeness and how we're doing in our devotion to Christ. Let's take inventory. Let's take these one another teachings and let's spend time looking at each one and asking, how am I doing in that with my brothers and sisters in the relationships I have with other Christians? How am I doing? Check out the scriptures where these are found and honestly examine yourself to find out how you're doing. I'll help you get started. Let me just pick out some of these. Uh, One says in the top row, accept one another. And I believe that text in Romans 15 says, accept one another as God in Christ has accepted you. So it's a Christ-like thing to accept one another. How are you doing in that? How are you doing in accepting other Christians? You accept them like Jesus accepts them because they're part of his family? Or do you have certain standards and uh, measurements by which you decide if you're going to accept another Christian or not? You know, certain things about them that if that's true, you're not going to accept them. Uh, How are you doing in that? How are you doing in being like Jesus when it comes to accepting other Christians? The one right next to it says, serve one another. How's that going? Have you noticed growth in your attitude of service? Have you noticed any growth in that Christ-like quality of a desire to and the actual living out of serving other believers? How's it going? Uh, Forgive one another. That's a big one. How are you doing? Are you able to name some fellow Christians that you have not forgiven? That you're bitter toward? That you hold a a grudge against and you haven't let it go? You haven't forgiven? How are you doing? What's the Christ-like thing? That's pretty clear. Forgive as he forgave us. Real good sign of how we're doing in Christ's likeness. Somebody has said, we're never more like God. We're never more like Jesus than when we forgive. How are we doing? How are you doing? Oh, let's see. Uh, There's some that are similar. There's uh, encourage one another, build up one another. Spur one another on to love and good deeds. They're all kind of similar. You know, how how are we doing there in encouraging fellow believers, building them up, not tearing them down, in spurring them on to love and good deeds? Good measurement of whether we're growing in Christ-likeness or not. Some others that kind of go together uh, do not complain against one another. Who was the last Christian you complained about? Who had to listen to it? 
and maybe walked away because they were tired of listening to you complain about another Christian. How are we doing in our growth toward Christ-likeness? Uh, do not speak against one another. Do not judge one another. Kind of all go together. How are we doing? It'll show us if we're growing in Christ-likeness. And then maybe one more, uh, the one that says, regard one another as more important than self. Is everything about you in your life? Even when it comes to other believers, you think they're better, you're better than them? You come first? I got to deal with my stuff before I am concerned with anybody else's needs and interests? How are you doing? And that's, that's just a few. There's 20-some more on that chart. And I encourage you to continue to take that inventory and ask those same questions. Go through all of these. Look at the scriptures, where they come from, and just examine yourself. How am I doing? Because our relationships with other Christians are a great measurement of how we're growing, how devoted we are to Jesus. Because the more devoted we are, usually the more like him we become. Is that happening? Your relationships with other believers will give you some really good evidence one way or another. I'd like to conclude by having you take a look at Matthew 10. Matthew chapter 10. Jesus is talking to his uh, disciples again. And uh, he makes this statement. Matthew 10, 24. 10, 24. He says, A student is not above his teacher nor a servant above his master. It is enough for the student to be like his teacher and the servant like his master. That's a great principle. You know, you're not above your teacher, you're not above your master, and of course he's referring to himself and his followers. We will never be above Jesus. We will never be better than Jesus. Right? But he says, it's enough that you be like your teacher. That you be like your master. Again, another indication of the importance in Scripture of being like Jesus. Are you becoming more and more like Jesus in your relationships with other people? Take inventory, examine, use the one another teachings as your model, your standard. How are you doing? And I predict that for some of us, maybe even for me, I, I'm going to have to take inventory, but I predict that a number of us may have to come to the place of humbling ourselves to confess and repent 
and get back to moving toward becoming more like Jesus in our relationships. Because you can say you're devoted to Jesus. You can say you want to be like Jesus. And there is no evidence of it in your relationships with God's people. Um, The one another principles aren't just a, a neat bunch of teachings that you put on a chart. They're real. This is real stuff. And they become a great measurement for how we're doing in becoming more like Jesus, more devoted to him. May our lives be transformed by us becoming more like Jesus, more devoted to him. Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you that uh, we belong. Thank you that we who have trusted you for salvation are part of your family and that everyone who has trusted you for salvation is part of that one family. They're our brothers. They're our sisters. And you want more than anything in our relationships with each other to keep the unity to relate to each other in a Christ-like way. No excuses. But to become more and more like Jesus. And that's going to take devotion, Lord. And that's going to take your help. Because everything and everybody around us in this world thinks there's something wrong with that kind of desire and that kind of life. But it's what you want, Father, And we come to you today saying, we want what you want. So I pray that many here would be willing to take this inventory and examine our relations with other Christians. And Father, reveal to us if there's something that has to change. Reveal to us, Father, if there's something we need to acknowledge. Reveal to us, Father, if there's something we need to change and get back to. May the world see unity. May the world see love. May the world see Jesus as they watch us relate to each other. In his name we pray. Amen.